Hi, you're listening to the Calvary Christian Church Weekly Sermon. We have services at 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5 p.m. every Sunday. For more information, visit our website at calvarychristian.church. Greetings, Calvary Christian Church family. Uh, so good to have you with us today. I hope you had a just a wonderful Christmas uh, with family and friends. I hope you got everything you wanted for Christmas and are looking forward to the new year with a great sense of uh, anticipation and expectation. Greetings as well to those of you who are joining us for the first time. It's a joy to have you with us. And as I'm sure someone has already mentioned to you earlier in the service, uh, please be sure to connect with us so that we can connect with you. Coming to you today for the first time ever from the Parsonage living room. Uh, We thought we'd do something a little different this year. Of course, it's been a different year in so many ways and thought we'd do something a little different, give our staff a break this weekend. And you've been together with family and friends all weekend, I'm sure. And so thought maybe this would be a little bit more personal uh, to bring you into the Parsonage. And uh, of course, some of you remind me from time to time that you've never been invited to the Parsonage. Well, now everyone can say, They've been to the Parsonage. If you've been with us uh, much this month, you know that our word for the month has been hope. Greg Hubbard uh, actually started us out on December 6th with a message about hope for troubled hearts. All without any coordination on our part. I didn't tell him what our theme was going to be, but obviously the Holy Spirit has been arranging this sermon series as he does every sermon that's preached at Calvary. We've talked uh, a lot about hope this month. We've talked about a living hope. We've talked about a hope that is an anchor to our souls. We've talked about Christian hope. And uh, we've we've discovered that the Bible really has a lot to say about hope. In fact, there's 180 references to hope in the New International Version. And as I've pointed out, and we've pointed out in previous messages, biblical hope It's not something that we have doubts about or wonder if something's going to happen. Like we say, we hope the Red Sox will win the World Series again, or I hope someone will remember to get me what I want for Christmas. No, biblical hope refers to something in which we have confidence and full assurance of. And after all, if anyone should be filled with hope, it ought to be Christians. And the impact of this kind of hope on our lives is significant because it strengthens us, it encourages us, it anchors us, and it gives us a strong resolve, even as we wait for that hope to be fulfilled. And so as we approach the end of one year and the beginning of a new one, we're looking at the words of the Apostle John today as he talks about a purifying hope. That's the title of today's message, A Purifying Hope. We find our text in 1 John chapter 3, so uh, hopefully you can grab a Bible. Uh, if you haven't already done so, get your Bible, open it up, and, and join with me at 1 John chapter 3, right near the end of the Bible, just before Revelation. And in verses, we'll be reading verses 1 to 3, and here's what it says. John writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. In other words, when we're living like Christ, we are living like children of God. The world doesn't even know what to do with us, even as they did not know what to do with Jesus. 
Verse two, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And then listen to verse three. It's our theme for the message. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you again for this opportunity on this last Sunday of 2020. What a year it's been, unlike anything else we've ever experienced. Lord, we approach the end of this year with our eyes still fixed on you and our hope still secure in you. Bless these moments around your word today. Lord Jesus, may our time around your word cause hope to continue to rise in our hearts and lives as we look forward to a new year, should you tarry, in which, Lord, we're gonna dare to believe is gonna be the greatest year we've ever had. Bless this time we have together now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. A purifying hope. I want you to notice uh, three things with me about this purifying hope as we look at these three verses. First, I want you to notice this amazing privilege that we read about in verse one. Again, John writes, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. What great love, John writes, the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, it's statements like that that are sometimes hard to believe, is it not? That the God of all creation would choose to make us his children, make us his kids. It's, it's kind of hard to believe, and yet John says that's what we are. Not something we will become one day, but something we are today by virtue of our faith in Jesus Christ but it's still hard to believe at times. I remember when I first asked Jackie for a date, I couldn't believe it when she said yes. And then I remember when I asked her to marry me and I was even more amazed that she said yes again. In fact, I came in from the study this week as I was pondering this message and these thoughts and, and I hugged her and I said, thank you for staying married to me for these 38 years. She just looked at me and smiled and well, I mean, some things just seem too good to be true. And as John reflects on this amazing privilege that we have to be called the children of God, he stops and he pauses to emphasize it. And he says, and that is what we are. And part of what makes this love so amazing is that it's love from a perfect God for imperfect people like you and me. Part of what makes this love so amazing is that it's unconditional and unending. We're not accustomed to that kind of love. Part of what makes this love so amazing is that we did absolutely nothing to deserve it. In fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What love the Father has bestowed upon us, John writes, that he would love us so much that he would give us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come and pay the price for our sins with the sacrifice of his life, his blood 
on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago so that whosoever believeth in him should not have to perish but can have everlasting life. John 3, 16. In the greatest demonstration of love known to mankind, Jesus Christ went to the cross so we could become children of God. Jesus Christ went to the cross and rose from the grave so that we could become like him. Which leads us to the second point in this message about a purifying hope. We've talked about not only this amazing privilege to be the children of God, but we have this amazing promise in verse two. Listen to what John writes. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. First thing I want you to notice in verse two here is that John reminds us again that we are children of God now, right now. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, we become children of God and we become children of God right now. There's a lot of things we have to wait for in this life, but waiting to become a child of God is not one of them. This same apostle John who wrote in his gospel, this amazing promise, chapter one, verse 12, yet to all, to anyone, who received him, that is received Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Loved one or friend listening to me today, your days of waiting can be over. If you will simply receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior today, you can and you will become a child of God. Part of the reason we have a hard time believing this amazing promise, though, is because children of God don't always act like children of God. Hello? Anybody listening to me out there? In fact, I mean, no one has more doubts about me uh, sometimes than me. I look in the mirror after doing something stupid or sinful, and I say, God, how could I do that? What was I thinking? And as a pastor, I can tell you that sometimes I look at some of you. And I say, God, how could they do that? How could they say that? What were they thinking? But here's the reason for this quandary. It's because we're not perfect yet. It's because we're not a finished product yet. But John gives us this amazing promise here in 1 John 3, 2, that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, won't that be a glorious day when we are finally more like Jesus than anything or anyone else. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to have the last vestiges of Tim Schmidt stripped away and to find myself more like Jesus than I've ever been before. We used to sing an old chorus that I liked a lot, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like him. All through life's journeys from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. You see, if we are a child of God, and again, John reminds us and assures us in this passage that we are, then this amazing privilege and this amazing promise is going to lead to a final amazing process. That's the third point that we see in this text today. 
Look at verse three with me. First John chapter three, verse three again. All, everyone who have this hope in themselves, purify themselves just as he is pure. In other words, this future hope produces holy behavior. It's a purifying hope. And John says that all who have this hope, all of us who have this hope, we're going to live our lives a certain way because we're really looking forward to seeing Jesus one day. And one of the clearest evidences that we have, in fact, become a child of God is that we're going to pursue and seek holiness. We're going to pursue Christ and to become more like him. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, I am pursuing Christ. What makes this whole process so amazing is that we who at one time, who we've been so enamored and, and in bondage to sin, now find ourselves committed to avoiding it. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, please understand, this purifying process begins a conversion when we come to Christ and are cleansed by him from our sins. Only he can purify us in that sense, Ephesians 1, 7 tells us. But having been cleansed, having become a child of God, we now have the ability through Christ to choose holiness, to choose righteousness, and yes, to choose purity, for this is a purifying hope. And when we don't get it all right, and sometimes we won't, then we have the promise of 1 John 1, 9 that is a part of this amazing process. For there John writes, if we confess our sins, he, that is Jesus, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and, catch this, purify us from all unrighteousness. So how do we purify ourselves? First, by coming to Jesus, the only one who can purify us. And then by making, through his grace and help and strength, beginning to make pure choices and pursuing holiness. And when we fail, we come right back to the purest one of all, Jesus Christ, our Lord, asking for his forgiveness, receiving his forgiveness, and beginning again. For we must not forget one of the most important things about this purifying hope, and this is it, that we are not engaged in this process alone. God is working with us, and God is working in us. For listen to Romans 8, 28 and 29, and then I'm done. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those, listen to verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined, listen, to be conformed to the image of his son. God is committed to conforming us into the image of his son. So while we are pursuing holiness, God is at work conforming us. I think of the story of Michelangelo, who one of the most famous artists and, and, and sculptors, sculptors of, of really of all time. Uh, and, and the story is told of them bringing this big marble slab and putting it in front of him 
for his next sculpture. And as he looked at the slab, he began to say to himself, yes, I can see it. I can see it. It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And the people standing around him were scratching their heads, of course, because all they saw was a big slab of marble. But what Michelangelo saw was the sculpture that he was going to create of King David, one of the most famous pieces of art known to the world today. But it took hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. In fact, it took over two years for Michelangelo to finish that masterpiece. Loved ones, I want you to know, God is at work in us, chipping away at us to make us in to his masterpiece. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is our purifying hope. This is our destiny as the children of God. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a final word of prayer? Father God, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us this year. Lord, we, we didn't see this pandemic coming. There's a, a lot of things that we didn't see coming in this year, but Jesus, you know the end from the beginning. Nothing caught you by surprise. And so you've been at work in us this year. Thank you for bringing us faithfully through it, what for many has been the most difficult year of their lives. But Lord, you've, you've been faithful this year and you will be faithful in the year ahead. Until you return, Lord Jesus, you have promised that you will be with us, you will be in us, and you will be working on us, Lord, continually conforming us to become more like you until that glorious day when we see you face to face and will be not your equal, Jesus, but we will be like you. Lord, thank you for that promise. It is our hope today. It is a purifying hope that will give us strength and direction in the days ahead. Lord Jesus, I just pray now for everyone listening today and ask that you would bless them, bless their homes, Bless them as they enter this new year. And Lord Jesus, make all of us a blessing to, your, to this generation by your grace and through your love and mercy at work in our lives. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being with us today. And we'll look forward to seeing you in a wonderful, glorious, and happy new year.